Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll go over the Raiders injury report, who I feel is getting closer to returning and who isn't. Plus, here's some locker room sound from both Max Crosby and new Raider linebacker Blake Martinez. In segment number two, you'll hear from former Raider offensive lineman and current Raiders radio broadcaster Lincoln Kennedy on how much he's not a fan of the Chiefs, what Chiefs week meant to him, and his thoughts on Monday's game. Then your calls and texts will close out the show. All coming up on this Friday, October 7th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms. And Raider Nation, I had to get a good laugh out of Thursday's show, the crossover edition. Not that anything was wrong with it, except for I started it off wrong. I totally said that Thursday's show was uh, September 6th and not October 6th. Normally, it's the dates are way ahead of me and not behind me. And now I'm all of a sudden a month behind. So, yeah, that's what happens when you start going and circles like I'm doing I don't know it was just so funny to me I literally woke up in the middle of the night and said I think I said September 6th and then when I went back and listened to the show and it said yep September 6th I said yeah I've got a problem so (laughs) there you go October 7th is today's correct date so uh, yeah let me go ahead and fast forward and actually get up to speed on what today's date really is but uh, let's get into the meat of the show Uh, here in segment number one kind of want to do the news and notes of the day want to go over the Raiders injury report for Thursday since the Raiders play on Monday didn't get an injury report on Wednesday instead we got one on Thursday we'll get one today and we'll get another one on Saturday and then of course 90 minutes before the game kicks off on Monday we'll find out who's in and out and also we'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels for the final time before the game on Saturday as opposed to today like we normally would today is just going to be a walkthrough there'll be no media availability so you won't be able to get anything uh, as far as like sound or any good stuff like that but uh, yeah just so everything's a day pushed back since the Raiders play on Monday So let's go over the injury report real quick for the Raiders. Uh, Some good news. Hunter Renfro, full go on Thursday. Uh, He was not in the red non-contact jersey, so he's good to go for Monday's game, and that's going to be a welcome sight. It'll be great to get Hunter Renfro back into the mix, combine him with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, and, uh, of course, Josh Jacobs after the breakout performance he had against the Denver Broncos. The Raiders need as many offensive weapons as possible. Getting Hunter Renfro is a big deal. I had mentioned on Wednesday that Darren Waller was in the no contact, the red non-contact jersey on Thursday. He did not have that non-contact jersey on. So that's a good thing. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. That's what was listed on the injury report. I know some people were speculating, saying that he was dealing with a concussion. That is not what he was dealing with. He's dealing with a shoulder injury and, again, did not have the non-contact jersey on on Thursday. So I do believe he's going to be good to go. I know my man Vinny Bonsignor actually talked to uh, Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room on Thursday following practice so most of the time when guys aren't good to go they're not made available to the media but Darren Waller was in the locker room and Vinny got a chance to talk to him so I believe he will be good to go on Monday Denzel Perryman who's dealing with a concussion now he is dealing with a concussion he was in the red non-contact jersey on Thursday in practice but just for him to be out there at all is a good sign that means that he's passed a couple of the protocol steps that he has to clear to be able to be out there on Monday I don't know if he's going to be back or not he still has some more steps that he has to clear but a good sign that he's in the red non-contact jersey it's a good sign that he might be able to go Uh, we'll find out a little bit more probably on Saturday be 
able to ask head coach Josh McDaniels, or maybe even on the injury report today, might say that he's in officially or he's out officially on Monday. Or not, they won't say in officially, but they might say out officially, and they might wait till Saturday to say that. So, you know, in the next few days, I do believe we'll find out a little bit more about Denzel Perryman, but it sounds like he's getting better. And even if he doesn't play on Monday, then I feel like with the bye week, he'll definitely be back for the next week, the Houston game at Allegiant Stadium. Now, a couple guys that were limited in practice on uh, Thursday, Jayon Brown, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, uh, offensive lineman Justin Heron, who's dealing with a knee injury, he was limited, Sam Webb is dealing with a hamstring injury, and Rocky Asin dealing with a knee injury. All those guys were limited, Jayon Brown, Justin Heron, Sam Webb, and Rocky Asin. Guys that did not practice at all, still Foster Morrow dealing with the knee, knee injury, and then Roderick Teamer had an illness, so he didn't practice. Uh, sounds like Roderick Teamer will probably be good to go. Foster Morrow, I'd be surprised if he goes on Monday. Just seems like that knee injury was a pretty bad one, and I do think that that is a big loss right there. Again, it's just my gut feeling when it comes to those guys. Uh, We'll find out more on the injury report later on today, and then, of course, on Saturday as well. Now, real quick, wanted to take you inside the Raiders locker room. My man Vinny Bonsignor sent me over some audio. That was really cool of him because I don't have the opportunity during the week. They've pushed the times back for the locker room, so I don't get a chance to be there each and every day, but Vinny sent me some stuff over, so wanted to bring that to the table. And the first one is Max Crosby, who currently is on Baby Watch. Uh, He can have his baby girl at any time. Matter of fact, the due date was Monday following the Raider Bronco game. He had told us in the locker room following the game that, hey, yeah, her due date is tomorrow. Well, she still has not arrived yet. And of course, Max's fiance Rachel, and of course, the health of the baby are the most important things. But of course, the Raiders, head coach Josh McDaniels, his teammates, they all want to know when the baby's going to come. Everyone wants Max Crosby out there on Monday, but you just never know when the baby's going to arrive. Hell, you might be listening to this right now, and the baby might be here. But uh, here's Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room on Thursday, and they started off talking about Baby Watch. How's Baby Watch 2022 going for you between practice, game, and and everything. Um, you know, I feel I talked about it a little bit today, like just being able to compartmentalize and you know, whenever you set, whenever whenever I step in the building, you know, I'm focused on my job 100. percent um, So we're already staying ahead of it. I got people, you know, ready to call me, whatever that is. So I'm not, you know, stressing about things I can't control. And I, you know, she's gonna be here whenever whenever she's ready. So I'm just I'm just waiting. We've seen Max Crosby pre being a father. How's Max Crosby being a father gonna be on the field? Um, <laughs> same guy. I'm always, you know, I'm always in. I'm just, I'm just fired up. You know, we got a huge game coming up. Um, great challenge. Um, it's always, you know, a big challenge when you go to Arrowhead. So, um, you know, we got a lot of work to do. You know, between that, but um, so I think, you know, today was a good day. Can you, Duran and uh, Daniels both said that the hardest thing about Mahomes is that you know there's four plays that you don't know yet. Like you can prepare and prepare and prepare, and then he'll just do. Is that your toughest challenge as well? You know, your position that you just don't know at any moment what might happen. Yeah, you know, I feel like my approach always with football um, and what's taken me, you know, for these last two years, like taking my game to another level has just been uh, reading my keys. You know, it's something Marinelli taught me well, right when he got here. Is seeing a li- when you see a little, you see a lot. When you see a lot, you see a little. Um, and for me, is when I see a little, I see a lot. You know, I read my key and my key is going to tell me what they're doing. You know, if you're looking in the backfield and seeing all the motions and crazy stuff going on, you're going to get lost. You know, you're going to be sitting in the same spot, standing up, not knowing what's going on. So for me, it's just locking in on my keys, getting the film work, um, and when I'm on the field, just going, not thinking. People could talk about that, but did you have to kind of learn that lesson a little bit the hard way sometimes um, at this level where guys are want you to look one way when actually things are going on the other side of the field maybe? 
Um, yeah, like it just it's constant and never ending, you know, repetition. You know, you don't just say it going to the field, all right, I'm gonna read my key, and it's it's just like you got to do it over and over and over again a million times to get one rep right. So, um, you know, that's why every single day I'm doing the same routine, no matter if it's recovery, whether it's on the practice field. You know, today I'm hurting my, sh- you know, my shins are banged up. I'm bruised all up, but it's like it doesn't matter. You know, I'm here to get better. Um, focus on making the team better, and uh, you know that's that's all I try to do. So that. Max, you love the game. So Monday nights, I mean, you you remember being a kid watching them. How cool is it to be playing and to be playing the Chiefs on Monday night? Oh, I'm fired up. You know, every time. I get to step on the field. It's a it's a blessing, um, and the more people that get to watch, you know, I feel like that's that's what I you know love to be in. You know, I want everyone with their eyes on me because you got 17 opportunities a you know a year, and I know the work I put in. I know the work these guys are putting in, um, and you know we just want to go out there as a team and, and put on a great performance. Max Crosby right there in the Raiders locker room talking about everything from baby watch to Monday's game against uh, Kansas City on Monday Night Football on the big stage that. That is and continuing to stack some uh, some wins writing and, and get back on it after winning against Denver tasting what a win is like to continue to to grind and work and, and stack some wins so wanted you to hear also from new Raider linebacker Blake Martinez a guy who I do believe will become a big factor if Denzel Perriman cannot play he's a guy that's very similar to Denzel Perriman in style which I mean a tackling machine he's not a guy that's going to drop in coverage and be great but he's a guy that can get to the quarterback as far as blitzing and get to the quarterback and he's also a guy that knows Patrick Graham's scheme really well. So Vinny Bonsignor got an opportunity to catch up with Blake Martinez in the Raiders locker room. little one-on-one action. Here's Vinny with new Raider linebacker Blake Martinez. Out here for a workout a week and a half ago or so. Um, was it kind of an instant connect at that point when you came out here took a look at this and the team and everything like that? No, yeah, I went on a, a few visits here and there. Um, but I just wanted to kind of a similar place that I was comfortable with and then uncomfortable with. Um, and once I came here, it was kind of, like you said, no-brainer. Um, felt natural, and I knew I could trust kind of the coaches that were around here, a lot of, a lot of familiar faces. Right. Uh, obviously, Patrick Graham uh, is something that you have a little bit of a history with. Oh, yeah. um, how attractive was that element of it? No, very attractive. Um, and I think for me, it was understanding the aspect of what I had to go through moving forward, um, and I felt like this gave me the best opportunity to go out there and show what I need to do and, and earn a ability to get a role in the team. Obviously, last year cut down uh, because of the, the knee injury. Where are you with all, all of that? No, it feels good. Okay. Um, yeah, it was kind of with the Giants, it was just a, a mutual um, departure between right. us both. Um, and, yeah, I'm just excited for the future. Was that more because of the fit and the scheme and things like that? or? Um, I don't want to go too deep into it. Got it. Um, but, yeah, just uh, a mutual decision on both sides just to, to part ways. What about this is um, interesting to you, aside from Patrick and all that, but this team itself? No, yeah, I think um, just the group of guys around here, um, seeing the team, um, just being a part of it, especially with Pat, understanding the defense. Um, just, just all of it. West Coast, my wife was the super excited about that um so yeah just all those things combined um do you feel like you could go out there and and when called upon now and go go play like right now oh yeah no 100 i feel like whenever they they want me to go out there and contribute um 
right now. I'm just focusing on earning uh, earning a role on the team right. and seeing what happens there. There's Blake Martinez right there with Vinny Bonsignor inside the Raiders locker room. We heard him. He said, hey, whenever they call my number, I'm ready to go. So, you know, there's no speculation about the knee injury. He's good. He's healthy. Uh, all he had to do was pick the right fit. And, of course, Patrick Graham being a guy that he knows not only from the Giants last season, but also from Green Bay before that, uh, that was a comfortable fit for him with the Raiders. And uh, I like the fit, especially if Denzel Perryman can't go, like I mentioned, Blake Martinez is a guy, in my opinion, that can slide right into that role and really uh, take some quality snaps on that defensive side of the ball and do some good things. Final thing I want you to hear in segment number one, I know we're going a little bit long, but that's okay. News and notes of the day, Matt Lombardo. He's got the Matt Lombardo show. It's brand new. You can find it on YouTube. He's a really good dude, senior NFL reporter, been covering the NFL for a very long time. His very first guest that he had on his show was Devontae Adams, and I had him on my radio show on Thursday, and he was talking about uh, his conversation with Devontae Adams, and so I brought up the players only meeting that the Raiders had following the Tennessee Titans game and you know asked him what Devontae had to say about that and he dropped some really interesting nuggets so here's Matt Lombardo talking about the players only meeting from the thoughts of Devontae Adams and then you'll hear a follow-up as well so here he is Matt Lombardo from Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday yeah Q you know it's fascinating it wasn't just the one closed door meeting Devontae actually called a captain's only meeting when they get off the plane coming back from the road loss against Tennessee called a captions-only meeting, and he told me that he stood up and didn't call anybody out, but called on everybody to do a little bit more. Uh, And the result was coming out of practice last week leading into the game against Denver that there was a, quote, more intentionality to the practice, that he challenged, the captains challenged each other to spend more time helping teammates, being more diligent on the practice field, and there were apparently closed-door meetings with the captains and the coaching staff and eventually uh, an opportunity for Devontae to speak in front of the entire team. So it, it really seems like after being in Green Bay, playing alongside Aaron Rodgers, going to the postseason as often as he did, it seemed like Devontae Adams might have seen some things that were missing from this really talented Raiders team over the first three weeks, called on the teammates to turn it around and they kind of did in a big way in a, in a big game against the Broncos that now sets up an opportunity for them to, to start digging their way out of this hole. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Matt Lombardo from the Matt Lombardo Show here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, you know, what Devontae did obviously showed that he's a captain, showed that he's an alpha dog, and guys like him, they just they just burn differently, right? They, they, have, they have a different gear that everyone doesn't have. From your conversation with Devontae, what makes him tick? What makes him have that burn? Yeah, you know, I think it's just the motivation to be the best. Um, you know, I asked him point blank who was the cornerback that he took pride in beating the most throughout the course of his career. And we kind of chuckled a little bit, both of us, because he said, you know, it's everybody. He challenges himself to beat everybody who lines up across from him. Uh, and he said Patrick Sertain might actually now have that title after the game that he had against him um, against the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, but, but I think it's a really deep, burning, competitive fire to be the best and beat the best week in and week out. And, you know, having the opportunity to play now with Derek Carr, his former roommate and teammate at Fresno State, that longstanding connection, 
I think it has a chance to bring out the best in Devontae and present a really strong opportunity for that offense. There's Matt Lombardo right there. His first guest on the Matt Lombardo Show was Devontae Adams. Lots of good nuggets uh, dropped in there, and that was just a couple-minute segment, so you could definitely go check out that whole show. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, the Matt Lombardo Show. Uh, but I thought that was interesting, man. Devontae Adams called a captains-only meeting. Devontae Adams called a meeting with the coaches. Then Devontae Adams got in front of all the players on the team and started talking to them and showing that leadership and showing why he is an alpha dog. That was some great stuff right there, and I was so glad that Matt was able to drop those nuggets on me on Raider Nation Radio 920, so I definitely wanted to share those with you. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman, played against the Chiefs many times, took that trip to Arrowhead. There's a lot of teams that Lincoln's not a big fan of, but the Chiefs he hates the most. You'll hear the conversations. You'll hear all about it coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Simply Safe. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone, and you need the absolute strongest defense that you can muster. That's why you need to trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so you always know your home is safe. And please believe, especially nowadays, people will break into your house in the middle of the day. They're not waiting until the nighttime. A lot of times it's people that you know. They've been scooping out your neighborhood for quite a while. I mean, these guys, they get tricky now. They got all kind of different uh, techniques that they use. And again, they take no prisoners. And I don't mean that as like literal. I just mean like they just, whatever it takes to get into your house is exactly what you're going to do. Well, Simply Safe has 24-7 professional monitoring. Their agents call you the moment a threat is detected and this Dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real. So you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Right now, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Red Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into a conversation I had on Thursday with Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman Lincoln Kennedy. Obviously, he was a big-time pro bowler, big-time player for the Silver and Black. He uh, joins my radio show every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesdays, we like to review the game that just was. Obviously, this past Tuesday, it was against the Denver Broncos. And on Thursday, we turned our attention to the Chiefs. And so, of course, Lincoln is not a big fan of the Chiefs at all. <laughs> if anyone checked out the Raider Roundtable on Raiders.com on their YouTube page, then you'll already know the conversation when it comes to Lincoln and the Chiefs. Not a big fan of the Chiefs at all. Cannot stand that team, as a matter of fact. So here's that conversation from Thursday, talking about the Chiefs, talking about the rivalry, talking about the game, Patrick Mahomes, and a whole lot more. We had this conversation on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here it is, Lincoln Kennedy from Thursday. Lincoln, thank you so much for your time. As always, the Raiders, they just tweeted out, it's Chiefs week. That's all they said. It's Chiefs week. When you read that, when you hear that, when you know that, what does that mean to you? There was no other team in our division that I got more amped to play against than it was the Kansas City Chiefs. And 
look, I, hey, Q and Demond, it's good to be with you guys. I, I have history, you know, with, with with this organization, and and I tell you that I, I oh my goodness, I, I get goosebumps now talking about it because I just want to beat Chiefs up. <laughs> what did it mean to you when you were in the locker room? What was those conversations with your teammates like when you knew the Chiefs were next up? You didn't have to have a conversation. You just nice. knew what had to be done, and and it was one of those it was one of those rivalries that. You know, you you definitely you know looked uh, eagerly at the game plan. You concentrated fiercely uh, at, in the in the mode of preparation. Uh, but it was one of those things that you just whether it was at home or away. I, I just wanted to beat the Chiefs. There was no there was no other bigger desire than beating the Chiefs up and beating them often. We always hear the stories of what it's like when opponents go to, you know, the Oakland Coliseum or the L.A. Coliseum, and right. obviously the Raiders are trying to build that at Allegiant Stadium now. But what was it like to go into Arrowhead Stadium? Well, I, I'll put it this way. Since I retired um, in 2004, uh, every single season that I've been affiliated with the Raiders, whether it was commentating or whatever have you, um, and every general manager, I went to them and I said, look, just let me suit up once. Please, just let me suit up for this game. Give me my number back. Give me my jersey back. And let me suit up for this game because I just want to beat the Chiefs down as much as possible. It was always a fierce rivalry. It really was. It, 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 every single moment that I played them, uh, every time that, that, you know, that I was uh, either outside the uniform or in the uniform, I wanted to beat the Chiefs. Jermaine Illuminor, you're going to have to give up that seven-deuce, man. <laughs> oh, well, trust me. If, if, if I was in the locker room, he wouldn't even be close to my number. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Broadcast Network. Of course, former Raider offensive lineman. But, man, DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, we had Mark McMillan on earlier this week, and he mentioned yeah. about how Marty Schottenheimer, when it, was, when it was Raiders week for the Chiefs, that, man, they gave him a little leeway. Hey, guys, if you guys get a little 15-yarder for unnecessary roughness, it's okay because it's the Raiders. Was that same message passed along to you guys? Like, hey, if you got to be a little more aggressive today, it's okay because it's the Chiefs. Let, let me take you inside the lock, locker room, DeMont. When we went to the Super Bowl in 2003, whatever year it was, we went to the Super Bowl. We were, we, we was in San Diego. Marty Schottenheimer was the coach of the Chargers. Mm. He didn't let us in the Chargers facility because we were supposed to practice there for over a two-hour delay. We couldn't get in the facility. He locked us out, locked the buses out. We were supposed to practice at the Chargers facility. He wouldn't let us in. So that, that shows you wow. how, how deep this rivalry was, especially when it came to coaches, uh, not only. But, you know, whether they were the, the Chiefs or the Chargers or whatever, it, coaches who had it, a personal vendetta out against the Raiders, they coached this week up like they never did. So that's why it made the rivalry much more deeper than it, than it, it set on paper. All right, take me back in the locker room a little bit more. Who, other than yourself, was another player, a member of the Raiders, that also had that heightened sense of this game means more than the other ones on the schedule? Well, you know, what, what's funny about it is that everyone hated the Raiders. So whether it was the Chargers, Broncos, or the Chiefs, everyone had Raiders week. We weren't, you know, there was, there was, it was individuals that were as intense, intense in the rivalry like I was when it came to the Chiefs. I, I hated the Chiefs more than any other rivalry. But I know that, you know, Tim Brown hated the, the Chargers more than any other rivalry. And, and, and there was guys who hated the Broncos more than any other rivalry. So it was up to an individual basis, but everyone collectively hated the Raiders. Why do you think Marty Schottenheimer hated the Raiders so much? 
I think it was personal, maybe because of the, the long-lasting relationship uh, or you know, sort of uh, hatred towards the Raiders when he was a chief, because he was a chief uh, uh, coach for a long time, then went to the Chargers. It kind of carried over. But, I mean, collectively, it was, it was up to the coaches. Right. You, know, I, you know, when you talk about Shanahan uh, with the Broncos for a long time because of his personal history with the Raiders, he had a hatred toward the Raiders. So there was, it was more of the coaches that perpetuated the rivalry than the players. I just could not stand the Chiefs because one of my greatest nemesis was Neil Smith. And uh, he, played, he played opposite of me in the Chiefs, and he was the biggest trash talker out there. So, you know, it was one of the things that I took it personal. I wanted to shut his ass down every single time. <laughs> so uh, that, that was a personal rivalry for me. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Did it ever blow your mind how much, either as a player or as an analyst, how much crossover there was? How many Raiders formerly were Chiefs and how many Chiefs were formerly Raiders? You know what I mean? Back and forth, it seemed like there was always players changing teams in the division, even with the Broncos and the Chargers. You know, it never, it never really crossed over or it never really became obvious to me. What, what has become obvious to me over the years, especially being an analyst, the rivalries are never held as perfect personal as they once were. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that stands out. You know, for example, we saw Derek Carr and Russell Wilson exchange jerseys after the last game. Right. That never happened. <laughs> you know, we weren't sitting there, you know, if if I was going across the field to, you know, say hello to other players or whatever, it was just that, hey, you know, good game, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, let it lie like it lies. But we were never sitting there taking pictures, collectively smiling, exchanging jerseys. That was never the case. Right. Today's rivalries aren't held as, as, as different as they were back in my day. They're, 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 they're just not the same. Is that because of free agency? Yes. But I had an argument with somebody one time, and I said rivalries aren't the same. There are in college. There's still rivalries there. But in the NFL, it's just not because free agency and everyone's best buddies now, like you mentioned. Yeah, and, and for college for college standards, keep in mind that as the transfer portal ex, mm-hmm. you know, keeps going, it's going to be the same thing for college rivalries as well. Lincoln, a player who kind of does want to keep that flame alive in this rivalry is Patrick Mahomes. There was video after the breakdown, the Chiefs, they beat the Buccaneers at the Super Bowl rematch, and he ends, the, he ends his speech with, hey, you know who's coming to town this week, so let's get ready. So for Patrick Mahomes, I do think that the Raiders rivalry has a little special meaning to him, but from what you've seen from him, what makes it so special when you've watched the tape on Patrick Mahomes? He's just an unbelievable talent, really is. I mean, the fact that he's a quarterback who's – First of all, he has an arrogance about him that he can make every throw. And so whether he's scrambling or he's sitting in the pocket, he still thinks that he can make every throw. So that, that's an arrogance that you know, sometimes worked against him, but for the most part has worked for him. But just an, an incredible athlete. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him as a starter when I was you know, commentating a game in Oakland. And he was running and he made a throw back across his body, sidearm, that he hit a receiver right in the dead part of his chest. And I was like, are you kidding me? He made that throw. I was so surprised. And, and from that point on, there's nothing that he's been able to, that he's done that has really surprised me because it's just been, he's just an incredible athlete. And when you have a guy like that, a capable man like that at quarterback, oh, the sky's the limit. It, it really is. And that's why they've had so much success. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I, I wanted to ask you, because I remember in the summer uh, asking you about the Chiefs' offense. We yeah. knew Tyreek Hill was no longer there, and I said, how much do you think that's going to affect them? And you said, I don't think it's going to affect them much. What made, the, made, made you so confident that they would be just fine without Tyreek? Because the route combinations that they run with the receivers they have. 
and the fact that they still have speed on that team. You know, when you have when you have a capable tight end like Kelsey, you've got tons of real estate. So in today's game, a slot receiver and a tight end there are huge dividends. And you look around the league and you talk about the successful offenses and you talk about their tight end and their slot receiver, it's, it's more than obvious because there's tons of real estate. And the thing is, is that you can't shut everybody down all the time. More importantly, the rules are against defenses in the National Football League. You get a, uh, you know, illegal, uh, illegal hands, five-yard penalty, that's automatic first down. You know, illegal contact, automatic first down. Defensive holding, automatic first down. So the rules are against defenses. And with the amount of real estate that's available, especially in the middle of the field, it makes it very hard for defenses to shut down all the windows. So it doesn't matter that you have a speed burner like Tyreek Hill is no longer there. You can have other speed, you know, other fast guys in that concept, especially those concepts with uh, with a capable tight end that open up offerings, uh, uh, big openings in the secondary. Looking at this game on Monday night, of course we saw the Raiders establish the run really well on, on Sunday versus Denver. The Chiefs, they're stingy against the run. Uh, a little bit of that skewed because, well, Tampa Bay only ran the ball like six times on Sunday right. night. But um, how, how much do you think that the Raiders need to rely on Josh Jacobs in that running scheme? I think you have to have a balanced offense. More importantly, you know, when it comes to a Q and DeMond, the efficiency has to become scoring touchdowns. This, this Raiders offense has been capable between the, 20, the 20s, 20 to 20 on the field, but it's when they get in the red zone they have their issues. You've got to score touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Why is that so difficult for the Raiders to score in the red zone? Uh, it's been a while. I mean, it's been an issue for I mean, a while it, now. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. It's execution. It's also creativity. Um, for the years, in my mind, the Raiders have been incredibly predictable when it comes inside the red zone. Um, and they've got, to, they've got to find a way to, to, to get past that. Um, not, not only do you have to look for the matchups that you can take advantage of, um, but you know, the thing is, is that defenses are taking those things away, so you have to go to other guys. So it's going to be a matter of somebody basically unknown to us or somebody who's necessarily unpredictable to us that's going to step up and, and, and make their impact in the red zone. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We saw Derek Carr pick up five first downs with his legs. Is that something that you think we might get a little bit of consistency from now? Hard to predict, my friend. Yep. It really is because there's been times where there's been openings and he hasn't taken them. So I don't know what's going through Derek's mind. I just know that's really not something that he's typical of. He's, he's used to doing uh, running and getting uh, first downs or getting you know yards with his legs. Um, we've notoriously known throughout his career as a pocket quarterback who's going to stand you know stand stand strong in the pocket. And that's you know to me I, I wish there was more of him utilizing his mobility, but it's just hard to predict what's going to happen. This game is Monday night, Lincoln. You know what that is? It's prime time. Everyone in the country is watching the final game of the week. Is right. is this the type of game that the Raiders went out and got Devontae Adams for? Is the lights to shine brightest on this day on this stage? If anything, I'm hoping that Coach McDaniel's coaching ability will will transpire to the players and executing. The fact is, you're Monday night, you're in Kansas City, obviously you've got everything against you, the world is watching. It's, I, I, I don't know after the first month of football if we know what type of team we have, Q and DeMond. I mean, we haven't seen consistency to this last, this last game against the Broncos. I'm hoping that it transpires against the Chiefs. I'm hoping the Raiders can go in there and beat the Chiefs. It's just a very tall task to ask. 
Yeah, it is. You know, someone asked me, and I just said if they had been if they had been consistent throughout the year, I would say yes because they yes. have the the weapons, but right. yeah. they just haven't been consistent. So I, I would be a fool to just say, yeah, no doubt they're going to go in there and win. So <laughs> you know, I just I can't I can't put my money on, on the line like that. Now, sorry. you know, Lincoln, we we had a, a guest on our show earlier, Matt Lombardo, and he had a conversation with Devontae Adams, and we all knew about the player only meeting that they had last week, but he talked about Devontae called a captains only meeting. Then he had a meeting with the coaches himself and then he addressed the the rest of the team what does that tell you about Devontae Adams who he is as a leader it's been my experience when most free agents come into a new team that you know it takes them a little while to catch on I I think that obviously Devontae's relationship with with Derek Carr goes back a long way obviously to college that helps Sort of ease that little that little transfer transfer you know, transformation, if you will, um, into into where they are. But look, I've always believed leaders weren't born; they were made. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a new player to a team or what have you, or you've been in it for a while, you've got to instill your leadership early and 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 often. And look, for what it's worth, I'm still guessing who the leaders of this locker room are. You know, once when you know, I hate to refer to back this, but it's true. Once when I played, we policed ourselves. We had a natural hierarchy within the organization. For example, Tim Brown was the leader of the receivers. You know, um, I, I and Steve Wisniewski were the leaders of the offensive lineman. You know, the, the, when when we were together, so we had a natural hierarchy within from position for for the team. I'm yet to see who this is for this Raiders team. I know Max Crosby has been a visible leader. I know Derek Carr has been a visible leader for a couple of years. But does that transpire to the entire team? The fact that Devontae Adams is the one to take it upon himself to make himself instill himself as that leader and wanted to do what I, I, I commend it. I, I definitely tip my hat to it. But we need more of that. And, right. and as I've told you guys time and time again, the stars need to shine. If you're viewed as a star, you need to stand up and be accounted for. And more importantly, your play has got to exemplify what you're trying to transpire amongst the team. So you've got to go out there and play hard. Don't just go out there and go through the motions. Go out there and play hard. Uh, we've seen that in various spots of various people throughout the, throughout the season so far. But, you know, collectively, it hasn't yet to transpire. So I commend anybody who wants to stand up and be accounted for. Just make sure they, their play uh, speaks the same thing that you're trying to say in the locker room. So there you go right there. Always like to bring the really good stuff to the podcast. Anytime I have a really good interview, uh, get some really good stuff like we got from Lincoln in that uh, conversation, some really good nuggets talking about the rivalry that was the Chiefs, talking about all kind of good stuff stuff you know uh, exchanging jerseys on the field Uh, I thought that was a great conversation with Lincoln from Thursday so I definitely want to bring that to the table normally in segment number two on Fridays I would do keys to the game but since the Raiders play on Monday we can do that on Monday so I thought it was great to be able to pass along this conversation with Lincoln Kennedy coming up in segment number three what's on your mind your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654- Four six nine three. That's going to come up after I tell you about BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting information all season long. They got the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They've got them all. Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. Of course, it's the postseason now for baseball. Excited about that. Uh, Action gets started this afternoon. There's all kind of good games going on, and the NBA is right around the corner. Head to BetOnline.net on your mobile device, on your laptop to learn more. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. 
your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight up that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Don't have a lot of time for a lot of calls and texts, but we'll do our best. Got a text from Raven in SoCal. It says, morning, Q. This is Raven from SoCal. From Monday night, the best defense against the Chiefs will be the Raiders' offense sustaining drives to keep Mahomes on the sideline. The Raiders' offense scoring touchdowns rather than field goals. For the defensive unit, they will have their hands full with the NFL version of Steph Curry and Mahomes. So they'll have to get some push up the middle, set the edges for outside containment, and get at least one turnover. Additionally, with the special teams looking so sketchy, I hope and pray the special team coordinator has A.J. Cole kicking away from rookie running back return man Isaiah Pacheco, as the kid has been dangerous and not only in the change of pace running back, but also as a returner. The silver and black are going to get into Kansas City as an obvious underdog. However, if they could put together four quarters of good football and execute the previously mentioned, a win is far from impossible. Go Raiders. That's from Raven and SoCal. Thank you for the text. Great stuff, my man. And you're spot on. You know, I know on the crossover edition I said I thought the Raiders were going to lose by seven, but that is with my knowledge of them not capitalizing in the red zone with touchdowns and instead getting field goals. And that's also with my knowledge of them knowing they haven't been consistent when it comes to playing four quarters. Now, if they play four quarters of good football and they score touchdowns as opposed to field goals, then there's no doubt they could win this game. Right, but they have to play a clean game. Something that head coach Josh McDaniels was talking about back in training camp, back in preseason. Something we haven't really seen just yet throughout the course of the season. We saw a lot more of it on Sunday against the Broncos, but they still ended up being two out of five times in the red zone. Only twice they punched it in for touchdowns. Right, and the week before, twice out of six times in the red zone they punched it in for touchdowns. They've got to get that up to like five out of six times or four out of five times. That's how you're going to win against the Chiefs. You're not going to win. By having more field goals than you have touchdowns. You just won't. And you got to play four quarters of good football, just like you said. Thank you so much for the text, my man. Great stuff. I appreciate you. Up next, I got a call from Brother Dre in the A. He's calling to talk about the game on Monday versus the Chiefs, and in particular, if the Raiders win in Arrowhead. Here he is, Brother Dre in the A. What up, Q? It's Brother Dre in the A in Atlanta. Um, This is probably the dumbest, most uninformed uh, call that you'll get, but it with right now, um, and I'm driving, and I don't have everything in front of me, but just in my brain, at least, if we can get a victory against Kansas City, although our record overall is not that great, we would be two and one within the AFC West, if I'm not mistaken, and that that doesn't sound so bad, and especially considering uh, what we've been through, what we have ahead of us, I, I, I like the idea of that. I think we certainly need to get this victory, obviously. Um, and I don't think it's an impossibility either, given the way that they played um, on this past Sunday. Hopefully we can, can keep that momentum going and just let's, let's get another streak on the opposite of what we just got. Let's not go uh, with uh, some, some losses and let's get like some three victories in a row or whatever we can do to kind of help counteract what we have seen in the past. So anyway, uh, just wanted to share that with you. Uh, take care. I love you, man. And I just think that you're fantastic and I appreciate you to the utmost. Raiders! Brother Dre in the A, good call, my man. Really good call. And especially after the Broncos lost to the Colts 12-9 on Thursday in an awful game, Russell Wilson looked cooked. Nathaniel Hackett looks like he's in over his head. And now depending on what happens Monday with the Raiders, I mean, Denver's opened the door for the Silver and Black to climb back uh, their way into the mix, right, in the AFC West because obviously the Colts are an AFC team. And look, the Colts, they're 2-0 in the AFC West. 
They beat uh, the Chiefs, and now they beat the Broncos. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, if the Raiders were to win on Monday, just say they win. They'll be 2-3 and three overall. But as you mentioned, 2-1 and one in the AFC West and 2-2 two and two overall in the AFC. AFC games are so important, man. You saw how the race went down to the last game last season. Lots of the teams were affected by, uh, well, their win and loss record in the conference. The Raiders need to stack as many conference and division games as possible. I mean, really, division wins and conference wins as possible. The AFC is really what matters for the silver and black. Of course, you want to win as many games as possible, but uh, this game, especially because Denver lost again, that game on uh, Monday really, really could be a a big deal uh, if the silver and black can leave Kansas City, leave Arrowhead Stadium with a victory, head into, uh, you know, the bye week, feeling good about themselves, and, oh, by the way, coming out of the bye week with another AFC team, the Houston Texans. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, you know, one step at a time, but it's all right there in front of the Raiders. I mean, because the AFC West is not as strong as we all thought it was going to be, I mean, it really hasn't been. The Chargers are so banged up. Denver looks like they stink. I think the Raiders are the best 1-3 and three team that you'll find in the league. <laughs> Simple as that. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Raider fan and I'm doing a Raider show. I'm saying that because I truly believe that. This is the best 1-3 and three team in the league. Now, that's not something to get excited about because they're 1-3 and three for a reason. But they do, in my opinion, have more talent than any other team in the league that's in there at 1-3. and three. And really, they, in my opinion, have just as much talent as any other team in the league, even teams like the Eagles who are undefeated or the Bills who are favored to win the AFC. I think they can compete with anybody, including Monday's opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. I got time for uh, probably just a couple more. How about a text from North Logan Raider? He says, hey, Q. North Logan Raider here. Just want to let you know, when you were giving out game balls on Monday's show, you forgot one player on defense. One Denzel Perryman. Dude was flying around making tackles and hard hits. What a stud. That's from North Logan Raider, and thanks so much. And I didn't really forget about Denzel Perryman, and he did make an impact. He just didn't play enough snaps for me. He played a handful of snaps. He played like 11, right? I mean, before he went out with the concussion. So I couldn't give him a, a game ball for only playing a limited amount of snaps. That was the reason why I didn't. But you could tell the... The difference he makes when he's in the lineup. Problem is, is he went out with a concussion. Hopefully, the Raiders are able to get him back. Uh, at least they took one step, or he took a step closer by wearing the red non-contact jersey on Thursday at practice. So that's a good thing. We'll close things out here with a call from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about Monday's night's Chiefs game and wants to make a couple points of what he thinks is an important factor in the game. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, Q. What's going on, man? Jordan in Oregon. I wanted to call in and uh, leave just a few... Uh few notes over the Chiefs game that I think could be super crucial for the team. Um, I love the crossover addition and uh, definitely been hearing the stats of the Chiefs shutting down the run pretty good. But I wanted to flash back to the Raider game of where Carr was able to get the monkey off his back, as a lot of people would say, in 2020 and went into Arrowhead. No fans or very limited fans, if I remember right and got the victory, and really what that game, looking back, um, the, the Raiders were able to do some really cool things with the passing game, but they also they kept that clock running, and I think that's super important for um, this offense. Is uh, you know I like the hurry-up offense and, and the urgency of getting to the line, but also I don't, I don't think there would be a problem with if we hit a point in the game, too, to where um, nobody's got – you know, some big lead or anything, I think it'd be important to keep trying to run that clock and create some long drives and, you know, maybe kind of get the two for one out of, I mean, when those, when the Raiders go on those eight or nine minute drives and literally take control of the whole quarter, I think that's a recipe for success. And so 
I'd love to see, this is my second point is, uh, each drive, you know, coming out of the first, on the first half, whether we get the ball first or, or second, is those, those drives should be scripted for the most part. Those drives should have, you know, the whole week of preparation. I've heard JT the Brick say a couple times on his radio show is, Stick with the plays that you're running in Henderson, and I, I I agree with that. I don't think there's any reason that with this talent and uh, these playmakers, especially on the receiving and running back end, that we can't come out with like a scripted, you know, eight nine minute drive and really control the quarter in the beginning of the game and also at half. And I know that that can all be uh, undone with a sack or a three and out, but I'm just pretty fired up with the idea of this team, um, you know, coming out with a little bit of urgency, but also if they can run that clock at some point in the game, that'd be great. But appreciate you, man. Have a great week. There he goes, Jordan Norgan. Thank you for the call as always, my man. And, yeah, I mean, it's a great idea in theory. Pound the rock, eat some clock, go on a long drive. Problem is, the only problem I have with that is if the Raiders go on a long drive, eat some clock, say they go on an eight- or nine-play drive, take five, six, seven minutes off the clock, and then end up with three points. And then the Chiefs all of a sudden go down two or three plays and get a touchdown. Or even if they go a seven or eight play drive and get a touchdown, then the Raiders go on another long drive, eight or nine minutes, say, and only get three points. Then guess what? The Chiefs go down and get a touchdown. Now all of a sudden you're down 14-6 and you're already at halftime. <laughs> right? I mean, that that's the problem. If they can go with that recipe of that long drive, eat a lot of clock, and you felt comfortable that they were going to actually capitalize in the red zone and score touchdowns, that would be a great plan. A great approach. The problem is they consistently haven't scored touchdowns in the red zone. The Chiefs are number one in the league with red zone offense. They've scored 15 touchdowns in four games. The number two team in scoring in the red zone is the Raiders. The problem is they've scored more field goals than they have touchdowns. I mean, for the most part, they score every single time they get to the red zone. I know they had the turnover in Tennessee, but for the most part, every single time they get to the red zone, they score they're just getting three instead of seven. So a uh, good strategy. If you feel like they're going to score a lot of touchdowns, that they feel like that they're going to score a lot of touchdowns, that'd be the way to go. But, man, I'm telling you what, you're playing with fire, or you might have to change quick, fast, in a hurry. At halftime, you might have to say, okay, now we got to play catch-up, and then all of a sudden you have to go away from Josh Jacobs, which I'd hate for that because we saw how big and effective he could be when he gets a lot of carries like he did on Sunday. That's all I got time for on today's show. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, but don't worry. We still have one more day of shows to talk about this upcoming game, so we'll do it on Monday. I got a text from Raider Germ from South Bend, Indiana, a call from Coach Squats out of Florida, a whole lot more there. Uh, have some sound from Josh McDaniels as he'll talk to the media on Saturday. We'll also get some uh, injury reports, so we'll give you an update on who I believe is in and out for Monday night's game. We'll do it all on Monday's show as we prepare for prime time. Monday night football chiefs raiders closing out week five so that's gonna do it appreciate your raider nation for making the lockdown raider podcast your first listen each and every day remember you can find the show free and available on all platforms until monday enjoy your weekend have a great weekend as a matter of fact take care of yourself take care of your family love on your family and most importantly as always just win baby